0: So how did you like being in a rehearsal process playing my love interest this week?
1: God, it was so hot. I discovered a lot of things about myself.
0: That you're straight?
1: I discovered that the choice I've been making to be gay was the wrong choice.
0: Yeah. And that- You should choose to be straight.
1: I should really just go back to what God has called for me, and that is to be straight and to love women and boobies. Uh, sorry, your
0: boobies. Can you just say boobies like you're not hesitating? Just say like boobies? Boobies. I don't know. Say it like you're comfortable with it. Oh,
1: um, (laughs) hoobies.
2: Hello,
0: down bitches, young and old old and new. And welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I have discovered our mutual love for each other. And we want to be the first to tell you we're going to make this official.
1: We are going to consummate this relationship after years and years of avoiding it, years of sharing hotel rooms, food, tears, stories. We're just like, you know what? It's you and me. It's you and me now.
0: And you're the first to know. So congratulations. Now, we're not just best friends who have a podcast. We are sec sexual partners.
1: Could you imagine if we made a baby?
0: <laughs> no, absolutely not. It would be the loudest child with the biggest mouth. Hello, everybody. This this is not true. If this is your first time listening, erase this. Erase all of this. we <laughs> are very serious podcasters. I am Ellen Marsh and across from me is my life non-sexual partner, Joey Taranto. And this is I Think Not, the podcast where we recap all of your favorite true crime TV shows. This is going to be our last episode of snapped how has your journey been with snapped my love turns out that people do snap in ways
1: that you would not imagine
0: 25 seasons worth of snapping this joe is like a cockroach this is the share of true crime tv (laughs) it's just gonna keep coming back i've met share really when when
1: i worked at henry bendel and she came up i worked at chanel at henry bendel and she came up to the counter and she said i'm looking for the perfect nude lineup
0: He was like, if I could have
3: a lot <laughs> and maybe a mascara too, I would get that lip gloss, and I'd give it to you. <laughs> Did you know Chanel was a Nazi sympathizer? <laughs> Did you
0: know that? Okay, I didn't. But if we can avoid talking about the rise of the Third Reich for one week, yeah. that would be amazing. This is our last episode of Snapped. We are going to be bringing you an all-new TV show for four episodes. But if you want to find longer versions of your favorite true crime TV shows, you can head on over to the Patreon. That's where we do about 10 or 12 episodes of your favorite shows. We also give you tons of bonus content. Once a month, we bring you our talk show called Sweet Swamp Talk, otherwise known as the Trauma Dump. That is on our highest tier. You can find any tier that works in your budget. We have all kinds of tier options for you, going from $5 to $15. More on that later. Also, we are going on tour. As you know, our Patreon subscribers got a full two days of pre-sale, but whatever is left, we have live shows coming up in Washington D.C. March 2nd. Chicago March 13th. St. Louis March 14th. L.A. March March 26th. And we might announce a couple more cities by the time this episode drops, so be sure you are tuned into our socials for all of those announcements. And what else, my love? Anything else going on? Tour? Fun stuff? More fun stuff?
1: Well, I messed up and uh, my SD card was filled, so I apologize if I sound like I'm I'm waving through 12 windows in the beginning of this episode. It should be fixed now.
0: You know what? Here's the thing. It's not an I Think Not episode if something catastrophic doesn't happen. It's true. We either note the wrong episode, we're recording on an incorrect microphone, whatever it is, we're a mess over here. But you know what? We're nice people. And we are. that has to count for something. I'm Probably sure. Probably nothing. But here we are.
1: Yeah, I do have some exciting news. I am going to be filming a TV show tomorrow.
0: I know. Well, you didn't tell everyone what it was last week.
1: Uh, Well, I can't tell you what it is, but I will be on set tomorrow, and I'm very excited, but I have a feeling it's going to be very cold.
0: It is freezing here. It is an abnormal temperature. I love how all the people in the Midwest are probably just shaking their fists at the radio or wherever they're listening to this. Yep. But shall we get to the episode? Why not? Why not? Season 25, episode 3.
2: For a nurse and a fireman, it was a
4: second chance at love. They're involved in the same social groups, have the same values. They're both professionals.
5: They were a good match for each other.
4: And they were
2: devoted to one another in sickness and in health. She was diagnosed with breast cancer.
0: He was going to do anything he could to help her out
2: until a greater tragedy would split them apart forever.
1: What's
3: going on? He got shot!
4: Who got shot? My husband, please!
2: The
5: shooter was in the backyard.
4: Who was the mystery guy at the end of the driveway?
5: You know, it just didn't make any sense
4: everybody's coming up with their own theories, but there's nothing
2: concrete. Investigators uncover evidence of a complex conspiracy to kill and the mastermind behind it.
5: It's just a desperate person trying to get away from what they did. We're starting to put the pieces of this puzzle together and our jaws kind of hit the floor. It is
1: Sunday, November 3rd, 2013, and we are in Cleveland, Ohio. Do
0: you know a lot about Ohio?
1: I don't know a lot. I mean, I told you I did a production of Little Shop of Horrors at the Cleveland Playhouse, and I really enjoyed my time in Cleveland.
0: Well... Let me tell you a little bit about Ohio. Do Uh-oh. you know Neil Armstrong, the first person to walk on the moon, hailed from Ohio? Do you know that Ohio has one of the largest Amish populations in the U.S.? How do Amish people take topless pictures?
1: I, I don't know, my dear. Tell me.
0: They're naked from the waist up. I, I Jesus Lord. Remember that? Oh, Remember I will was never naked forget it from the waist up. And more presidents were born in Ohio than any other state. Also, Ohio is home to the world's largest collection of troll dolls. So don't anyone say that Ohio is not a fundamental and important part of these United States. All of that side research is brought to you from me. That was not in the episode. You are welcome, down bitches. Did I do you. Did you say troll dolls? That is what I said. Troll dolls.
1: I didn't realize people care that much about troll dolls.
0: Ohio does. Well, I stand corrected.
1: It is 8.35 p.m. and Cleveland police get a call Y'all, this call is rough. Number
3: one, do you need police violence? <laughs> I can't hear you. What's going on? Who got shot, please. Who got shot? My husband,
0: please.
1: That is terrifying. I know we hear 911 calls all the time. They are jolting every single time.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that because I actually think it's so confusing. Some people are in shock. Some people are calm. Some people are confused. And some people are hysterical. It's like we always say, you never know how you're going to act in a state of trauma. This person on the phone, though, is screaming. The poor 911 dispatcher can barely even understand what she's saying. She's like, you have have to calm down. she can't get any information out.
1: Well, this is happening and then the episode goes, let's give you a little backstory. I'm like, you and what a pivot. Yeah. <laughs> then literally, literally the director of this show said, "Pivot. <laughs> okay, Ross Geller, uh, we are going to pivot. William L. Walker was born on August 2nd, 1968 and he was raised in Cleveland.
0: Do you know what the number one song in 1968
1: was? Oh wow. I want to guess it's something by the Rolling Stones.
0: Mm, No, go with your second instinct.
1: Aretha Franklin.
0: No, not even close.
1: The Doors.
0: Nope. Hit it, Rick. Oh, I was
1: closer the first time.
0: Yeah, that's why when you said said Rolling Stones, I thought you were going to go for the Beatles. But what a time to be alive.
1: Well... Will w- William was raised by a very loving single mother and Will met his first wife Rita in high
0: school. And Jerry Madden is here who was one of William's best friends and he knew William and his first wife Rita and he gives us a lot of information. He says they joked around a lot and that's all Jerry has for us.
1: Thank you Jerry. Pivotal. Yeah,
0: the director was like you can keep going like we have we have this is digital now so you can just you can talk for as long <laughs> as you want. He's like no that's all I got actually. That's it. Thank Thank you so I much didn't know for your I time. Had to prepare anything. I'm
1: so glad we flew you out first class for this interview, Jerry.
0: <laughs> I don't think oxygen is flying anyone. I think they gave him an Amtrak bus ticket and maybe like a ten dollar gift card to Chipotle.
1: Did you say Amtrak?
0: No. But oh. I did say Amtrak bus, and Amtrak is a train, and I should have said Greyhound bus. So there you go, you little stinky finger. Fucker.
1: Wow, that was eloquent. And <laughs> just as eloquent as the other day when you described a child as a 15-month-year-old. I loved that oh, moment.
0: Oh, really? We want to play this game? What about when you described a lieutenant and you said
2: Lieutenant LT? <laughs> and you gave the initials for lieutenant. His first name was LT. While attending high school in Cleveland, he met his first wife, Rita.
5: She was just a real sweetheart and... She used to joke with me, they seem like just a real nice couple, really into each other.
2: The couple married in 1992.
1: Great year for music. I, great year. You, I we, we've talked about that at length. Um, and they had a great marriage. They had a daughter named Melody in 1994. A son named Christopher in 1998. Great year to graduate high school. I can attest to that. And they just love their kids. They were, as they say, besotted with
0: their children. Good word, sweetheart. Good Thank word. You. Honestly, there is no shortage of talking heads that will not attest to the fact that William was he was just the best dad he loved being a dad he relished it he relished his kids and he was a firefighter and he was living his dream as a firefighter and I have had some dreams about firefighters most of them were more like nightmares but William loved it
1: I won't tug at that thread too much. So William really was amazing at his job. He became an instructor and he was part of the heavy rescue squad. And those are firefighters who are, I mean, they're cutting people out of cars. thats It's a no joke job. And the
0: water rescues. Yeah. You know, when like the helicopter guys go down, those are like water rescues. Those are intense.
1: Well, also in his off time, Will taught CPR. He was just a deeply caring, empathetic Man,
0: And he was in this fraternal order called the Prince Hall Masons. And I looked this up. It's a North American Freemasonry for African-Americans. And it was founded in 1784. It sort of like centers around community service and religion. And because I'm a weirdo, I looked up some famous Prince Hall Masons. Did you know that Richard Pryor was a Prince Hall Mason?
1: I did not.
0: Booker T. Washington, Jesse Jackson, Sugar Ray Leonard. It's sort of like a, a brotherhood type
2: of thing
1: love that he was just a good guy and he yeah. was so loved
2: in 2000 will and rita bought a home on east cleveland's Lampson road
5: the home was in a, uh, a middle-class neighborhood in the northeast corner of cleveland
2: unfortunately despite his devotion to saving lives will walker could not save his marriage in 2002 rita and will separated
1: well, in the year 2000, Will and wife Rita bought a home in East Cleveland on Lampson Road. But unfortunately, at that time, their marriage began to really suffer. And in 2002, they separated. And then in 2004, they divorced. They, you know, they had grown apart. It was time. But they remained good friends, especially for the kids. What's that like, Ellen?
0: What is that like? They were this word. Hold on. Let me see how you pronounce it. Um, a couple. Amic- mm. amic- oh, you're am so close. amicable? Oh, you're doing amicable? great. Amicable? Oh, yeah. Or is yeah. it am mm-hmm. amicable? Yeah. They were amicable. They stayed friends. You know, it's not that hard. All you have to do is love your kids more than you hate each other, and that's it. That's all you have to do to be a good co-parent. Can we get that stitched on a pillow somewhere?
1: <laughs> um, but here's the thing: Rita moved out. They co-parented beautifully, but Will really didn't like being single. He missed having a partner. I I don't know what that's like. I am. I am fine. I am happy to be single. I wanted to be single. I feel good in my choice Mm -hmm. to be single.
0: It's. Hey, honey. Mm -hmm. Hey, honey. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Uh,
1: no, do you, I, I do. not I look okay. No, I don't need to pause anything because no, it's just
0: that, like, when you're saying that, I feel like when you, the way I am perceiving it. So please tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like you're saying that just to say it, but that's actually not how. You, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just, if you need to, mm-hmm. you like being single. I like being single. I don't. I don't want to get married. I don't need a partner. I don't want a partner. You. That's the way you feel, right? You know,
3: I got something to say. <laughs> oh God! Why on
0: earth would you show up in? this— this moment. Because you know I haven't been here in a while, but I've been hovering. I know been... I know you haven't been here in a while. I've been quite happy about that, Bobby Lynn. Thank you. You know what you I want I hope people can see the outfit you have on right now. You are dressed
3: like wallpaper in 1972. Okay. <laughs> You look this like a—it's a lovely houndstooth sweater, Bobby. Uh-huh, it looks like stylish. a houndstooth you found at a wall at a key party, except nobody wants the keys. Everybody goes home alone and sad. Okay, I and mean, I just want to say something, okay? Because I'm here to defend this old blue-eyed homosexual. I just want to say you need to be nicer to him. Okay. Wait, you're defending Joey? That's right. Because ever since I married myself, I have learned some things. I have changed. In the words of Jennifer Holliday in Dreamgirls.
0: Change, yeah, yeah. You don't strike me as the type of person that would appreciate the arts or musical theater or even know the musical Dreamgirls, Bobby Lynn. I'm not and gonna lie. You don't
3: strike me as someone who would have a child because you look unfuckable to me. <laughs> Your hoity-toity top bun and your piss-poor attitude. Now, what I'm saying is he need to be nice to this man. He is clearly heartbroken, okay? He okay. don't know which way is up and which way is down. And you, know, you know all the things that he's been doing to try to protect his heart.
0: What has he been doing? It's mostly cheeses and Design and Women, but that is besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> can I ask you a question, Bobby Lynn, just really quickly? I, we need to get back to the episode because people complain that we get off track, but can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Do you think we could ever just bury the hatchet and be friends?
3: Well, do you think you could ever just eat my ass? <laughs> is that, is that the, is that, You know what, I don't wanna, you, you can take a Sprite and leave. I'm sick of your shit. And Joey, I'm praying for you. you be on my prayer list till the day I die. Bye now. Okay. Wow.
1: I never, I didn't see that in the cards where Bobby Lynn would show up and defend me. That's
2: weird, but okay. Will missed having a partner, someone who shared his values. That changed a year after the divorce, in 2005, when he ran into 34-year-old Euloma Curry at a Masonic function.
4: Euloma and Will met at an Eastern Star meeting, a club group, and they met. IRL. No apps, no snaps,
0: yep. no paps. They met in real life at a Mason event. Not it-
1: paps. I don't know. How did you and your husband meet? Oh, um, while well, I was getting a pap smear, we just met. It was love at first.
0: Haven't you seen movie waitress or the musical?
1: Oh, this is true. She I'll falls take in my... love
0: with her gynecologist. You can take enough. a fucking Sprite and leave. Yoloma was a single mom also. She had a son, Macklin, and a daughter, Jackie, and she was a home health care nurse with a very good reputation. And we see reenactment Yoloma and reenactment William going out on a reenactment picnic. And in that reenactment, Joey, did you see what they were drinking?
1: You know I don't pay attention to those things the way you do.
0: There was like a two liter bomb. Of straight up blue liquid, like teal, like bright blue, like what in nature is that color? Uh, It it didn't look real. It looked like they took dye and put it in a water, and it was in like a two liter bottle. It was just a blue. What beverage is that color?
1: Whatever was on sale at the Dollar General. That's what they got.
0: I think they were just like, we need to add some color to this scene, and they were like, I got it. It was the prop master unnatural color of liquid.
1: Well, these two hit it off in a real way and eventually Euloma moved into Will's house on Lampson Road with her two kids and her son Macklin's girlfriend, Ashley. And they dated for eight years.
0: Yeah, and they had a lot in common. They shared Christian values. They had social circles that revolved around their church. They had a lot of friends, and they just had a lot in common. They were always happy and singing and smiling and enjoying each other's company, which I guess is what you're supposed to do when you're in a relationship, but no one told me that. I didn't grow up with that. They had a full house. It was Yoloma and Will and all the kids... Ashley, they all moved in and they formed a little Ohio Brady Bunch.
2: They were happy.
0: And then the announcer says,
2: The happy couple took it slowly, very slowly. They dated for eight full years.
0: Eight years? How, how much? That That is fucking... Slowly. They moved in together and then they lived together for eight years. They moved in together right away. And then yeah. they were, that is very, that is a snail's pace. If your goal is to get married, that is a snail's pace.
1: Well, I don't know that it was Will's intention to get married again.
0: Well, he said he wanted a partner, but do you know how long my ex-husband and I dated before we got married?
1: A year? Two years?
0: Seven years. Yeah.
1: Seven years too long.
0: Yeah. And he kept asking me to marry him and I kept saying no. And then finally I was like, okay, yeah. And it ended great. We're happy as can be.
1: Where's that Nora Ephron film?
0: <laughs> Will You Marry Me Fine! <laughs> <laughs>
1: romantic. And so sadly in 2013, Euloma was diagnosed with breast cancer and she didn't have health insurance. So Will said, you know what? Let's get married. You'll be covered by my insurance. And they got married very quickly. But
0: that's important because good health insurance is the difference between when you get cancer, having thoughts and prayers and having chemo and radiation.
1: It's true. I really hate that we do not have free health care in this country. It's the it most- is- Absurd up
0: system. There has ever been. Did you ever see that documentary, SICKO?
1: I feel like I did.
0: It was a Michael Moore documentary, and I know Michael Moore is a bit polarizing, but that documentary is eye-opening. If you have a chance, you should watch it. It's all about the healthcare in this country and how fucked up it is. Maybe
1: I didn't see it. Well, Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, these two got married and Will was promoted to lieutenant with a nice pay raise and things were going so well that they decided to buy a larger home in Madison, Ohio. They got new cars. They were doing really well for themselves despite Euloma's cancer diagnosis. And that brings us back to the night of November 3rd. 2013. This is the night before they are supposed to move into their new
5: house. The first responders to the scene were the fire department and EMS. The wife is standing by in the driveway. She's frantic. She doesn't know what to do. She's in a panic mode.
4: They see that there is a male laying there at the side door. He appears to have been shot. There's a fair amount of blood on the scene. Dispatch had
2: not broadcast the name of the victim.
0: Now, when the firefighters get there, Will is alive. He is... Not doing well, but he is alive. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) I do know a bit about firefighters, insert joke here, but they live together. They live together for several days. That's like they have a brotherhood. Like they are looking down at their brother and he is clinging to life. And of course, they're in shock and they're scared. All they know is they have to do something and they have to do it quick. They want to find out what happens. But their number one priority is trying to save Will's life. Of course. And also just to
1: add to that, like, of course, it's a brotherhood. They live together. But also these people put their lives on the line beside each other. I mean, that's got to deepen the bond.
0: And save each other. I mean, Will did EMS. He did CPR. His whole life revolved around keeping other people safe and saving lives.
1: So like you said, Will is alive and he's trying to explain that there was someone in the backyard, but he wasn't fully coherent. Will's pockets were turned out. So is is thinking, well, maybe this is a robbery gone bad. Also, his wallet is missing. Now, eventually Will passes out and EMS is doing everything they can to save his life. They rush him to the hospital. Wife Uloma rides with him and police are now securing the crime scene.
0: And there were two people at the crime scene. One of them was Macklin, the 22-year-old, and then his girlfriend Ashley and their baby. And of course they need to interview them separately and they immediately process the scene. They notice that his keys were were still in the door, in the back door of his house, so he was not even entering his home when he was ambushed. There's a McDonald's bag on the ground, a man after my own heart. And then they didn't have to look very hard to find more evidence
2: at the scene of the crime.
5: They look a little bit closer, they find four nine-millimeter shell casings in the driveway.
2: The number of shots seems like overkill for a robbery. The
5: four shells are significant because it looked like somebody really intended to kill uh, Lieutenant Walker.
2: You can't
0: say every robbery, but if your intent is just to rob someone, even if you have a gun, why are you going to shoot them? I mean, I understand there's desperate people out there. There are people who want your money, want your things, but the mere sight of a gun will make somebody immediately hand over anything they had. So why would you shoot someone four times Will was shot four times. Not only is that excessive, they were like, this looks like somebody wanted to kill this person, not just rob them.
1: Yeah. It's really tragic. And so like you said, they separate Yuloma's son and his girlfriend and they ask them questions. Ashley says, look, we've been dating for four years. We're actually supposed to rent this house when, you know, Will and Yuloma move out. And there was nothing out of the ordinary uh, happening when the shooting occurred. Everyone had been packing. Shortly after 7 p.m., Will left to go get McDonald's for him and Euloma and around 8pm Ashley also left to get some food for her and Macklin
0: do you know what food she got
1: no Popeyes How do you know that?
0: They said that later in the episode. That one it was they just said it in passing, and the minute they said Popeyes, I was like, Popeye's chicken sandwich. That chicken sandwich is so good.
1: Yeah, when people are like, yeah, I'm gay and Chick-fil-A may hate the gays, but their sandwich is so good, I'm like, you have not tried a Popeye's chicken sandwich because it is delicious and it is leaps and bounds better than that Chick-fil-A filled with hatred.
0: How do you say Popeyes?
1: Popeyes. Popeye's chicken sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, honey, could we go and get a chicken sandwich from the Popeyes?
0: Uh, darling, I would really love a chicken sandwich. You know it's the best one? Popeyes. They they have the best chicken sandwich. They also have a lovely Coca-Cola. And uh, if you have a moment, if you if you could spare a moment, go to the Chipotle and get some rice and beans. The Chipotle, they have
4: delicious rice and beans. But then go back to the Papayas <laughs> and get their delicious buttery biscuits. <laughs> Ashley returns back with dinner for her and Macklin. She hears the gunshots, but doesn't know that they've come from the house that she's about to enter. So she goes in the front door, there she sees that there's chaos.
2: Ashley explains that Macklin was there, yelling that Will had been shot.
1: So Ashley goes to the back door to see Will laying in the driveway. And police ask her, do you know anyone who would want to hurt Will?
0: So she explains that the night before, Will had gotten to sort of like a kerfuffle with kids on the street. Probably just a lot of, you know, get off my lawn and things like that. She didn't know any of the details. She didn't know who he was yelling at. But he was really a strict guy. I mean, he was a firefighter. He was very religious. He was very careful and cautious about what happened around his house and in his neighborhood, he was a big guy and he wasn't going to back down. He wasn't scared of, like, hooligans in his area so she was like you know he was just like yelling at neighborhood kids but like that's all i can think of
1: well and detectives get the same exact story from her boyfriend macklin and so now they speak with uloma and she says i heard will say someone was in the backyard and when asked who would want to harm will uloma's son macklin says well will did confront some kids who were selling drugs in front of the house and told them basically to get the hell out of here and so ashley and Macklin's stories are consistent and police are wondering was it these teens that sort maybe ambushed Will?
0: And there are a ton of questions because it wasn't like Will was coming or going from work. How did they time this so perfectly because they shot him in the back? He just popped out for a quarter pounder with cheese, with large fry and a Diet Coke light ice like you do. So they were like, was this planned? Was somebody waiting for him? Were they staking out the house? It just didn't seem as cut and dry as a robbery gone wrong that much they knew. So now news of the
1: attack reaches the first responders of Cleveland, and they are shocked. And devastated. Yes. I mean, this is not just their colleague. This is their good friend. This person is family to them. And it's senseless. The crime is senseless. And people have no ideas what the details are, which is even scarier.
2: Friends and family gather at the hospital. Everyone prays for Will, who is still in surgery.
4: Yuloma is distraught. She's absolutely distraught in the hospital. We were just telling her, you know, Will's a
2: strong guy. He's fighting. We know he's fighting. Homicide detectives try to conduct a preliminary interview with Yuloma.
0: They're trying to get basic information from Yeloma and interview her, but obviously she's in and out of emotional hysterics, rightfully so, and she finally sorts herself out. She kind of breathes. She gathers her thoughts and her feelings, and she's able to give them a little bit of information. She begins telling the story, the same thing. Macklin was playing video games. Ashley was with the baby. We've been packing up the house. We're having this big move, and then she hears gunshots and runs to Will. Now, as she's in the middle of of that story the doctors come out with the worst possible news.
1: It's so sad. They tell you Loma that Will has passed and Loma is distraught and then she went into shock. And police were saying she kept saying he's not dead. He's not dead. He can't be dead. And then that news spreads. Everyone hears about it and they are also in disbelief. I mean, that's a totally normal response. I mean, when I got that phone call about my dad, I I didn't believe it. Yeah. I was literally saying to my ex, I guess we should just go to dinner and he's like we're we're not we're not going to go to dinner, honey.
0: Yeah, everybody processes that kind of information differently. It's like, how do you give? Or receive that kind of information. I always think about that, about a doctor giving bad news and how that must emotionally affect them or not emotionally affect them. I mean, I don't know. But in this, again, this was a man who spent his life saving others. Yeah, and also the violent
1: nature of this death. It it, it happened out of nowhere. It's like, what?
0: So they go to the neighborhood and ask questions and unfortunately, most of their questions just don't have a lot of answers. Some people heard gunshots, but nobody really saw anything because what happened, the back door is up a driveway. So it essentially would have been behind their house. So it's not like anybody passing by, driving by, walking by could have seen anything. But they continue to go on this hunch that this is just not a robbery.
2: Cleveland homicide detectives suspect that Lieutenant William Walker might have been specifically targeted by someone from his
4: neighborhood. The police sought people in the neighborhood that may have had um, arguments with Mr. Walker. Our district officers know who the players are in the neighborhoods.
1: One man in particular was 27-year-old Rex Coleman, who had a record for theft and drug possession. And up until very recently, he lived next door to Will and Yuloma.
0: And he was a smaller guy. They feel the need to tell us that he was small and he loved to kick up dust with bigger guys. Very much. Using a gun. Yeah. Very Chihuahua energy. Very come at me, bro. And he just liked to start shit. All cops in neighborhoods know, like, the petty thieves and the drug dealers. And they know. They know who to have their eye on. So they go to Rex's home, and he's not there.
1: And police are like, okay, he's disappeared. This could be a valid lead. And in the midst of this, vigils are happening. The community is talking about it. They're demanding answers. And that's when the police start receiving tips. And Rex's name comes up in those tips a lot. But also a guy named Chad but no one knows his last name. There's lots of ideas and theories, but nothing solid yet.
0: Right. And this isn't in the episode, but they did put out a $10,000 reward. And whenever you put out a reward, you know, you're going to get a lot of people flapping their gums about a lot of different things. And of course, they have to check into all of them. But a lot of them were fake and nonsense. But those two names kept coming up. And, (laughs) <laughs> I didn't actually know that Chads have last names. Like, I feel like yeah. all Chads, like, I, I think you're just born a Chad and then that's, like, your whole identity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, what's your name? Chad. And Eli- no, it's Chad. My name's Chad, bro.
1: Yeah. No, no, sorry. I didn't mean to ask any. No more. No follow up yeah. questions. I'm just
0: fucking Chad. Like, that's my I- fucking identity. My name's Chad.
2: As investigators continue working to track down Rex and trying to identify Chad, they get a call from a man named Johnny Dent who says he might have relevant information. Johnny explains that he has a small office in the same building Will Walker had his paramedic training office in. And Johnny says he
1: ran into Will in that building the day before the shooting. He needed some help getting in and Will helped.
0: And Johnny is here and he basically helped Will clean out his office cuz they were moving to the suburbs so obviously he had to move his whole operation. Got cleaning and moving is so stressful. It when especially they were especially in
1: New York City.
0: Oh my stars. When they were talking about packing up the pay- Papers. And then when I was moving, I would get sidetracked and I was just going down memory lane. And then I was like, you know what? This is a great time to scrapbook. And then I was like, you know what? I never built that furniture that's been sitting in the box. for. Let me build that now before before I leave. And also I found this picture. I should call them and have a, fi- I am a nightmare. The
1: only thing worse than packing is packing with ADHD.
0: It was upsetting. It was very upsetting. So when they were explaining packing up Will's office, Office, I I had to turn it off and go take a Xanax. But Johnny was lovely and offered to help. But what he noted was that during this little packing session, Will had received a lot of calls, and he was like a little bit secretive about his calls in the beginning. But the emotion started to escalate, and so did his voice, and they kind of got a little more heightened, a little more heated. But Johnny didn't know what they were in reference to.
1: And so when the calls stopped, Will seemed to relax.
2: They finished at 4 p.m., hugged it out, and then they left. Johnny says he didn't give it another thought until he saw the news the next day. It's
5: on every channel. It feels very eerie to be with one person one day and then the next day they're dead.
2: Did the argument that began on the phone end with a brutal murder in Will's driveway? And who was Will arguing with?
0: Is this the difference between men and women or is this a me thing? If someone was having a conversation like that, I'd be like, who is that? What are you guys talking about? Are you okay? <laughs> Ellen, what you is are that the a man-woman thing or is that a me thing?
1: I think it's a you thing. You are the queen of questions. You have a lot of follow-up questions. That's not a read. It's not a drag. It's just who you are. You ask a lot of questions. I'm going out tonight. Who are you going with? I'm going with Chad. Where are y'all going? No. Oh. What time are you going to go? And what are you doing after? You ask a lot of questions. Oh, I like your outfit. How much was that top?
0: Well, that's, that's just because I'm tacky. <laughs> I would never ask you how much your clothes are. I would never ask a man. I don't give a shit. No, but you ask a lot
1: of questions. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, let me tell you something. Growing up in elementary school, right? My teachers used to tell my parents, one of the things we love about Joey is he asks a lot of questions. But in church, my Sunday school teachers would tell my parents, you know, he asks a lot of questions. And that was considered a bad thing because they're like, you need to teach him. You know, he just needs to learn to have faith and accept things for what they are.
0: Wait, me asking, is that something that you all talk about behind my back when I'm not around? You're like, oh my God, Ellen asked so many questions. Wait, is that like a personality trait of mine?
1: It is. There's nothing wrong with it. But honey, that's the least of our worries. We talk behind your back about way bigger things.
0: Yeah, say more.
1: You know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that I never... Talk yeah. about you behind your back. No. It is one of my things.
0: No, I mean, I know I'm nosy, but also, like, I'm the type of person, like, I'll see a woman crying and I'm like, Are you okay?
1: Well, that's but- why you get yourself into trouble. <laughs>
0: Oh, should I tell them the story really quickly? Yeah. The other day, I was going to meet Joey and our friend Alicia for lunch, and this guy asked me for a dollar, and I said, I don't have a dollar, which I didn't. And he's like, Oh man, I'm just trying to get the train to Trenton. And I was like, Oh, if you just need to get on the train, I'll buy you a train ticket. Like, let's get on the train. So we get to the platform. This man asks me out. Mm-hmm. This man is pushing 70. He didn't have enough money for a train ticket. He was living in a halfway house. Nothing wrong with that. And I said, no, I'm engaged. And he goes, can I sit with you? Sits with me the whole train. This man had just gotten out of the psych ward. And mm-hmm. before that was in prison.
1: And, and he was being aggressive with people.
0: And he was being aggressive with people, but not me. And I sat willingly engaging with this man because I was too scared to get up. And that's what gets me into trouble.
1: Mind your business,
0: Ellen. But You're right. You're right. Mind my business. I could have just said, I don't have a dollar. And I, and I was asking all these questions. I was like, why are you going to Trenton? What's in Trenton? Why are you in Cranford? Like, what is wrong with me? You know what? I'm going to change my ways. Fuck you. Listen, I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. This is how Alice ended up down that rabbit hole and almost got her head cut off by the Queen of Hearts. Okay. <laughs> Mind your business. All
0: I'm saying is if Will would have been having a heated conversation, I'd be like, everything okay?
1: Well, Johnny knew better. Okay.
0: So they finally get Yoloma into the station to ask her questions and interview her. She's finally a little more calm. We see the interview, and they ask about Will and their life together, and she says, Will was just a
3: a great person. Unbelievable. I'm
4: not going to say he was perfect, but he was my perfect.
0: Aww. That's so sweet. He wasn't perfect, but he was my perfect.
1: Listen, and then she says, when I heard the gunshot, I ran outside while calling 911 and I saw a black male standing at the end of the driveway and he was just watching, just standing there staring. But she doesn't remember what he looked like. And she asked the man, what do you want? What do you want? But then the man just disappeared and her focus obviously shifted to helping Will.
0: So they're like, who's that guy? If it was Rex or whoever killed poor Will? Was he sitting there relishing in what he had just done and looking at Yoloma over her dying husband? Like, what a sick fuck. So they ask Yoloma if she knows Rex Coleman, and she didn't know if Will had any beef with Rex Coleman in the past, but she does know for a fact that in the past, Will had argued with some of his associates. I was like, what, is, what does Rex do that he has associates? Is he a business person? Or
1: Yeah, we'll never know. to Yes, a a transponster. Can we Google that? Um, but she also said it was nothing physical, just an exchange of words. But she didn't know what it was about. What she did know was after that run-in, Will started carrying his gun with him when he would walk the dog. So something more was happening. Something more than Yuloma knew about.
0: And then they ask if Yuloma knows anyone named Chad. And she's like, well, my daughter's boyfriend's name is Chad Paget, but he's a good guy. And Chad's mom, Christy, is here. And she's like, he didn't get into trouble. And he was nice and... Everybody was nice, and Will and Chad had a great relationship. They're like, well, man, it doesn't seem to be Chad. We need to find this Rex guy. That's their biggest lead right now.
1: Can I say something? Yeah. I am shocked that you didn't comment on who Chad's mother, Christy, looks like.
0: Are you going to say Kayala?
1: She looks just like Kayala Settle.
0: Do you know I thought that? I did think that. For those of
1: you who don't know who Kayala Settle is, she was in... Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert with Ellen. Um, I think I did a workshop with her years ago, but she played the bearded lady in The Greatest Showman. She is ridiculously talented. And she but loves
0: like, Disneyland. We went to Disneyland pre-pandemic. We had the best time.
1: But Chad's mother, Christy, looks like her. I'm shocked you didn't clock
0: that. I did actually kind of like, I was like, oh, so she looks like Keala. Except tell them the funniest thing about Keala. I don't know. She's British now. Yes.
1: <laughs> Y'all, all of a sudden... She, like, lives in London now, and she has an English accent. Now, we love her. Love. When we were there for our friend's wedding, I called her, and she's like, Love, how are you, babe? I'm
0: over here, and I'm just— Do you want to grab a bite?
1: And I was like— I literally said, Why are you talking like that?
0: (laughs) You all. It's not Madonna. It's not a hint of can't or shant. She fully talks with a British accent all the time. She's like, I just, I can't believe I am so lucky to be working on this project. And they don't have papayas here, but I simply love... She just moved to England and decided she would also have an English accent. She's not taking the piss. She is fully... Ingrained herself in English culture. And when she does interviews, she's doing it with an English accent. Literally, there is a
1: whole, there's 20 videos of her going, oh, thank you. I mean, but honestly, her accent is
2: excellent.
0: She's always been good at accents because we had an Australian accent in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and she was the best one out of all of us.
2: I believe it. After Yuloma's interview, Rex Coleman remains an important person of interest.
4: The police want to find Rex. They want to confront him. They want to figure out where he was that day, what he was doing, and if he was the cause of William Walker's death.
0: So they go to the firehouse to talk to all of Will's co-workers. They know everything about each other. They know the crust of each other. They know each other's marital problems. They know each other's yeah. bowel movements. They know every everything. Jesus. And Ellen. What? They don't
1: know each other's bowel movements.
0: Yes, they do. Do you mean to tell me? This is a real question. Do you mean to tell me growing up, if you went into a stinky bathroom, you couldn't tell whose brand it was?
1: I'm going to end this conversation <laughs> right now. There is something wrong with you.
0: What? Be like, Joe, was it who took a shit in the downstairs bathroom and didn't light a match?
1: I am disgusted by you. (laughs) Are
0: you serious? I know what my daughter's
1: farts. Oh, my God.
3: What's that? Is that a hint of cardamom? I smell it. Mom, am were I you in crazy? the
0: bathroom? Am I crazy? the crazy one? Did you share bathrooms when you were a kid?
1: I am not having this discussion. <laughs> we are not talking about family members' poops on our comedy I, well, true crime podcast. I was crime willing podcast. to
0: breeze by it. I just made a statement, and you decided and to- And I'm
1: willing to breeze by this conversation. <laughs> I do not want to have it.
0: The point was, nobody- Sorry, ha- you know,
1: I'm cutting you off right now. Uh, Ross, can you help us? Hey, Yes, we were going to pivot from this now.
0: All to say, everyone loved Will. Nobody had a bad thing to say about him, but they did all know that he was being harassed by someone. So they all knew that he had been talking on the phone in a heated way, and apparently you all don't ask questions because nobody in the firehouse knew what he was talking about. And they said, was there anything suspicious about his marriage? No, he was loving. He had lots of friends. The family was close. But there was one little thing that was new information for them.
1: And that is that Will did not care for his stepdaughter Jackie's boyfriend, Chad Paget. Wait, what? Which was
0: that's yeah. not what Yuloma said.
1: No, Yuloma said there was no problem with Chad. But in fact, Will had asked Chad to not hang around the house anymore. So now, based on these statements and the tips that came in, Rex and Chad are now both people of interest.
0: Yeah, they they crossed him out with like a Sharpie. And they were like, okay, just rewrite it because you can't erase it once it's once. Once they've been taken off the—they didn't even use a dry erase board. It's probably because of his name, to be honest.
2: Cleveland homicide detectives finally track down their main person of interest, Rex Coleman, when Rex gets arrested on an unrelated charge.
5: Rex's arrest is a good break for us. We've been looking for him for, for two weeks now, and uh, here he has delivered to our doorstep. And the police interview him, and he's very forthcoming. He answers all of
1: their questions. He has an alibi for the night of Will's murder, and there are witnesses who can corroborate his story. He provides fingerprints, a DNA sample. He is very cooperative, and the police now know he's not involved in the shooting. Yep. But they're still frustrated, so they turn to Will's ex-wife, Rita, for any insight she may have.
0: And you're, you're saying insight she was like, I liked Yeloma. We were friends. And she was like, I mean, the new family is a bit of a mess because and they were like, wait, come again? And she's like, well, Will thought Jackie was a bit spoiled. Jackie was the 17 year old daughter. And they're like, OK, why didn't Yeloma mention that? But to give the benefit of all the doubts, if they weren't involved, why would she mention Typical family drama. I didn't always see eye to eye with my stepdad. You know, you're sure. 17 years old. You think you fucking know everything. You have this man telling you what to do. So maybe maybe that's actually just nothing. But
1: the police were still confused why Yuloma didn't mention this. And so now police bring in Yuloma's daughter, Jackie, for questioning, and she was not exactly cooperative. In fact, she was pretty cagey. Now listen, any 17-year-old kid who's brought in for questioning by the police is going to be cagey. Sure. I would imagine that they would be more cooperative, but like, I'm not going to exactly overthink a 17 year old acting nervous in a police station.
0: Were you ever involved in any kind of goings on with the cops when you were a teenager? No. I was once at a party in Twainheart, which is like a lake place, you know, a couple hours from me, and like the cops busted up the party and there were like no, there was no supervision. And we Whoa. all got written citations, like for being like, a that I, mean? I don't even know. I don't know what happened to it. It just kind of disappeared. I think they were just trying to scare the shit out of us. I think they got like a stack of papers at Staples and they just tried to scare us because nothing ever came of it. Unless it didn't, I currently have a warrant out for my arrest in Twain Heart, California. I have no idea.
1: Wouldn't surprise me. But didn't it terrify you? Would terrified. You be tar- ter- yeah.
0: Terrified. I, I've i never had any... Well, that's not true. I guess when I'm pulled over, I was like Chunk in Goonies. Yeah. I was like, I had two simps of Zima and then my friend <laughs> asked me if SEMA. I wanted but, and I, I, I didn't have the Zima and I poured it out because I get really drunk really fast not that I am a drinker, because I am not because I am underage I'm a good girl I do theater like, I, and I stole a slap bracelet
1: from one of the bedrooms
0: okay there fine yeah I would be the worst person trying to cover up a crime you guys if you want to commit a crime don't get me involved because I'm going to tell on all of us unintentionally
5: we asked Jackie about the relationship between Chad and Lieutenant Walker. And she says, oh, no, everything was fine there. They got along good. They liked each other. And uh, so, again, that kind of caught her eye.
1: She said they got along well. There was no problem.
0: That <laughs> Nothing. Everything was no, fine. And they, the police were like, They watched what? football together. They had matching tattoos.
1: Well, the police perked up at that. And so they asked Jackie where she was the night of the murder. And Jackie says... I was at my boyfriend Chad's mother's house with Chad. Turns out Jackie had basically moved in with Chad and his mother at 16. She did still live with Yoloma and Will some of the time, but mostly she was at Chad's mother's house.
0: I have so many follow-up questions as to that living arrangement. At 16, I'm going to go live at my boyfriend's? The fuck you are. I will lay my body down on this here doorframe and you can jeté over my dead body before you... You go live with your boyfriend at 16.
1: There was no way in hell my parents ever would have let me moved out. Now, I do know someone who moved in with a friend because they were in an abusive situation. That's different, but right. like a 16-year-old moving in with her boyfriend and his mother? I...
0: This is something that you and I share. This is what kids today won't understand. I had the fear of God put in me by my parents. I Same. was not disobeying my parents. Kids today, they need a little bit more fear. I was scared of <laughs> everything.
1: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, and days and Them's. Ellen's new merch is: Kids today need a little more fear.
0: They do. Lola's not scared of me. You know that she's scared of me. Yeah, she is scared of you. She's not scared of me. The way Lola talks back to me, I would be so dead. I would. I wouldn't. I would be. I would be mulch by now. I would have been dead so long ago.
1: Yeah. No. No. I. I. I, I was too. Way too terrified. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I argued, but I never like. I never swore at my parents ever. Fur.
0: Did you ask for Cindy Mosier to be your mom?
1: Wow. it's. It, it, will Cindy Mosier ever not be on an episode? I don't know.
0: Wait, I told my friend Jill, uh, she Facebooked me the other day. I was like, you know I talk about your mom on the podcast. She's like, no way. I have. To, I told her I would send her the video. I for have those to of you it. who
1: don't remember that story, um, Ellen's mom, Anna, has never gotten over the fact yep. that at one point Ellen said, mom, I hate you and I wish Cindy Mosier was my mom.
0: She's never forgotten it. Two. This day, she just said it to me at Christmas.
1: Wait, I'm getting a, I'm getting a phone call. From Sorry, who? Sorry, one second.
0: Wait, who is it?
1: Hi, Anna. Oh, it's so funny. We were, we were just talking about you. What's is my going mom. On?
0: Is my mom calling uh-huh.
1: you? You just wanted to let me know that you wish I was your son? <laughs> uh-huh. And you wish that Janet had been strapped with Ellen? Wow. Yeah, okay. Do you feel better that you got that off your chest? Oh, I'm your favorite. Oh, Anna, I love you so much yes i can be your i can be your your daughter and your son i can <laughs> okay i love you too well oh you're gonna you're gonna spend the christmas money that you would spend on ellen's gifts on me <laughs> you're so nice yeah no i love skims too It'll make sure that when you buy it that you um you list it that you got it from i think not it's 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 good to know it just helps us a little bit i love you too i'll call you want me to call you mom i love you too mom <laughs> Okay, bye, Mom. Love you. Sorry you had to hear that, Ellen. Oh,
0: yeah, no. Um. That, oh, wait. Hold on. That, I don't have this number saved. This is a New Orleans number. Um, hold on. Oh. Hello? Oh, hey, Janet. Yeah, I know we're just record. I'm recording with Joey. What's... Why are you crying? Are you okay? Okay, tell me. No, I'm here for you. No, I'll mute him. It's okay. What's up? Well, Well, it's not a choice, Janet. He was just... <laughs> he was born that way. No, I know. Well, disappointment is a harsh word, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think that's why he died. No. (laughs) You can't. No, I know you can't say that to him. He's still very. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will save your number. You know what? We're recording right now. So let me call you. back. are you okay? Okay. Just some deep breaths. Some deep breaths. Don't call him that. Don't call him that. Yes. I don't know how many pickles he's kissed this week. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. God bless you too. Okay okay bye (laughs) wow okay wow sorry oh I've got another call just kidding (laughs) (laughs) so there is a couple other things that are really weird about Jackie's interview now listen kids are stupid this we know
2: unbelievably she claims she doesn't know Chad's address Or his phone number.
4: She's young, but even when talking about her boyfriend, Chad, not knowing details about him, it appears either she just isn't smart enough to come up with stuff or that she's potentially hiding something. Now, I don't know your phone number.
1: All I know is is that your number starts with 415.
4: But
0: Lola knows my number. And I feel like I would know my boyfriend's. I mean, it's 2013. I don't know. The address part, though, that doesn't make sense. No, you. she could easily
1: get those things. It's stupid. Teenagers are stupid. They smell. They're ornery. They get in the way. They make a ruckus. You got to feed them. Yeah. You got to.
0: Uh, no, Honey, did you just teenager- turn 65 right in front of my eyes? They I, make I, a ruckus?
1: Teenagers are terrifying.
0: They really are. They are scary. If I see a group of teenagers, I am turning the other way. I don't care if it's boys, girls. I don't care how they're dressed. They are a mob. If there's more than two of them, teenagers, a group of teenagers should be called an angry mob.
1: I agree. So now the police end their interview with Jackie and they zero in on Chad. So it turns out that Chad sold weed in the neighborhood. He has no history, though, uh, or any indication of ever being violent. And police track him down. Bring him in for questioning. And he says the night of Will's murder, he was at his mom's house with Jackie. So that's
0: that. And Mama Christie slash Kayala keeps insisting what a good kid Chad is, but okay. Well, they don't have an alibi. It is an alibi, but it's not an alibi. You can't just say I was like home watching TV. But also they can't arrest people on a hunch. I mean, (laughs) so says the law. I mean, you know, I feel like I can, but whatever.
1: Then forensics completes their examination of the shell casings found at the crime scene. And they find prints on those casings. However, they run the prints through their database, but they don't get a match. But, after a few months, police get cell phone records for all of the people they've interviewed, and they get some very interesting information from Chad Paget's phone records. Woo!
0: Chad, not a good day for you and the technology, my friend. They pinged your every move, sweetheart. And the night of Will's murder, were you watching TV? You sure about that? You sure about that? What'd you watch? What'd you watch, honey? Yeah, okay, uh, you, you wanna change that? Because they pinged Chad's phone from his home to Will's
2: home at the exact time of the murder. Armed with this information,
4: investigators take Chad Paget into custody. They kind of confront him with those cell phone records. And that's really what starts pushing it. And he just really opens up about the conspiracy to kill Mr. Walker.
1: And eventually Chad cracks. He says, I did not kill Will. I was not the shooter. And as they push him to tell them who pulled the trigger, he finally breaks down and says, Euloma, what, what? the fuck?
0: They're like, wait, 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 the sobbing wife who couldn't even breathe, who almost passed out from hyperventilating, screaming that her husband wasn't dead. And they're like, yeah, she arranged it. This is what happened. She came to chat a few weeks prior and said she was being abused. And she said, you know what? No one is going to believe me. Everybody loves Will, all of his firefighter buddies, everybody in the neighborhood and at church. But I have to get out. I am in a desperate situation. I will give you $10,000 for you to help me. kill well.
1: So Chad says he turned to his cousin Christopher Hine, and Chris is known as the go-to guy in the neighborhood to buy a gun. So Chris connected Chad with someone who would do the job, a man named Ryan Doherty. And when Chad asked Ryan if he would murder Will, he agreed to do it for a couple hundred dollars and some weed. Literally, the price... And value of someone's life is a couple hundred dollars and some fucking weed.
0: So remember those bullets that they processed and got fingerprints from? Those fingerprints were Chad's. So then Ryan, Christopher, and Yeloma's daughter Jackie all turned themselves in, and this house of cards Is crumbling. Oh, honey, all three of
1: them sung like a fucking canary. Ryan tells police that he is, in fact, the shooter. Chris admits to providing the gun. And Jackie says, Yes, I knew about the murder before it happened. And all three say that Yuloma told them that Will was abusing her. But when the police look at Will and Yuloma's finances, it provides some real insight. Remember
0: all those heated phone calls? Those heated phone calls were bill collectors because apparently Will had a bunch of credit cards in his name that he knew nothing about. And he was like, no, this is fraud. These aren't mine. Tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt. So what happened was Yoloma mentioned to this whole ring of fools that she would be getting a big insurance payout if Will dies. They're like, Get Yuloma the fuck back in here.
2: Detectives bring Loma back in and confront her with the evidence and the confessions of the others.
3: At this time, do you care to make any statements about our investigation into the murder of William Walker, who is your husband at this
1: time? What's that? Okay. That is the only smart thing that she has done.
0: They're like, cool, call that attorney. But also, you're under arrest, bitch. They cuff her.
1: She is charged with aggravated murder. And remember that life insurance policy on Will?
0: The $100,000 life insurance policy. Yeah, what happened to that? Yeah,
1: you Loma wasn't even the beneficiary. That's right. You know who was? Will's first wife, Rita. And she and her kids got the money. What
0: an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) She was so stupid. This story needs to be on, like, America's dumbest criminals. And this is disgusting. They also found out Yeloma never had cancer. She never had chemo. The
1: whole reason she got married was so she could be covered by Will's insurance. She fabricated that story. And the prosecutors are thinking, no, no, no. The reason that she wanted him to marry her was because of that life insurance policy. Disgusting. Literally, as Janet would say, my mother, scum of the earth.
0: Scum of the earth. So on June 21st,
1: 2017, Yuloma's trial begins. Prosecutors tell the jury of the lies Yuloma told about her alleged abuse in order to convince her daughter and her boyfriend to murder Will. She masterminded the entire thing. There was no evidence. There was no paper trail. There was no indication that she had ever been abused by will so basically uloma set this whole thing up she prepared all the players for the night of the murder she purposely sent will out to get food hoping his death would look like a robbery uloma then texted her daughter jackie just before the shooting saying you can come now which was basically code mm-hmm. and then jackie messaged chad saying it's a go Chad and Ryan were already near the Walkers' residence. So Ryan sneaks to the backyard while Chad waits across the street. Will pulls into the driveway, parks, gets out of his car with his food and keys in hand. He's about to enter the residence when Ryan emerges and opens fire. That's when Chad and Ryan take off. And by the way, their phones place them at the scene of the crime. So then Uloma calls 911. She's hysterical. And police believe that Uloma's stepson Macklin and his girlfriend Ashley were completely unaware of what was happening, and they are absolutely innocent. There's, They have no involvement in this murder.
0: And that whole 911 call, the fucking Emmy goes to. That Literally was all fake and all staged.
2: On July 7th, the jury deliberates less than two hours before finding Euloma guilty of aggravated murder and conspiracy.
5: She got life. I think that's what she had coming.
2: Euloma Curry Walker has no possibility of parole. And
0: she showed absolutely no remorse. That is what everyone kept saying over and over again. Mama Christie is in tears. She is the only one who has shed a tear in this whole thing.
1: And then everyone else involved also goes to trial and is sentenced. Ryan Doherty, the shooter, pled guilty and received a sentence of 23 years to life. Chad Paget also pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter with conspiracy and was given 28 years to life. Chris Hine, who provided the gun, pled guilty to aggravated murder and conspiracy and was given 18 years to life. And Uloma's daughter Jackie pled guilty to conspiracy with a firearm and served one month in juvenile attention. This whole thing is so sad.
0: It is so sad. And that is where the episode ends. I do have a little bit of follow up information that wasn't in the episode. So Yeloma had racked up tens of thousands of dollars of debt, right? Just for a timeline, which they don't mention, which I actually think is really important. The murder happened in November. They were legally married in July. This whole life insurance long game plot, it did not take her very long to set that into motion. Here There's something really interesting that wasn't mentioned in the trial. The jurors were shown a photograph of Will's blood soaked white T-shirt when he was killed. But the crazy thing was Yoloma didn't have a drop of blood. What kind of loving wife is going to be there cradling her dying husband? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And she is spotless. She is like fucking Mr. Clean. Nothing on her. And also, something crazy that happened in court in a final, desperate attempt to have have like an eleventh hour ninth inning. I don't know. Put your what is it? Don't Nin- do
1: sports, honey. Don't do sports. <laughs>
0: ninth inning, fourth quarter, hail mary. Yeloma blamed Jackie for cooking up the plan. Oh, my God. So her defense attorney tried to throw that in there in the closing arguments. So the judge, Sherry Midday, sentenced Yaloma. She was the one who sentenced her to life. And she basically said that she gave her life without parole because she did believe she could kill again. And she said, quote, you took a life with no remorse, no consideration of the lives you would destroy. Do I think you could come up with another plan if you were back in the community? Absolutely. And it was just every—there were a ton of victim impact statements in the courtroom. There were people saying, I don't think she understood the magnitude of the man that she took. And this was one of my favorite quotes that I found. It said, One of his firefighting brothers said Will was the essence of a firefighter and was what children wanted to be when they grew up. Wow. I thought that was really just simple and powerful. And the only time that that fucking garden hose cried is when she was sentenced. Wow. It's the only time she cried in court. I mean,
1: the fact that she could throw her teenage daughter under the bus in an attempt to avoid life in prison that that says all you need to know cuz she was willing she was willing in that moment to take another person's life to save her own disgusting yeah.
0: she is like you know when you pull out the garbage bag from the garbage and there's some like garbage sludge that is just yep. sort of like seeped through over the mu- yeah. she's that she's the sludge yeah but she's still alive and in prison and enjoy that ma'am disgusting say something funny
1: well Even though Friends did completely rip off Living Single, there are moments from that show that will always live with me. And since we did mention Friends, I'm just going to leave you with one of my favorite Friends moments.
2: My grandmother said she got the recipe from her grandmother, Nestle Toulouse. (laughs) Nestle (laughs) Tollhouse?
0: You
3: see, it is stuff like this, which is why you're burning it out!
0: <laughs> that is a great moment. Also, I can't bake for shit. I can't
3: bake for shit.
0: Wow, what a sad story. He just seemed like the most loved man. Very he, huggable. He's the kind of man children want to grow up to be. Yeah. Rip my heart out, why don't I you? Know. Well, thank you so much for the crazy story. snapped. That is all for our snap chapter down, bitches. Thank you so much. Please go ahead and follow us on social media. At I think not pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. That is where we talk about stuff as well. You'll find all of our announcements about a lot of really fun stuff we have coming up for you. What else, Joey? Well, really excited to see you on
1: tour. We have tickets left. We'd love to see you. We love to be on stage and be dummies, and we want to hug all of your necks, take pictures with you, and just connect with you.
0: Yeah, we really look forward to it. Go ahead, and you can find tickets to that online at our website. I think not pod. Also, please, if you have a moment, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you are listening to this. Give us five stars and write a sentence or two about why you enjoy the show. It does help us find new dumb bitches and new listeners to be a part of our crazy circus of clowns that we are. We love you all so much. And join us on the Patreon. We've got lots of tiers, hundreds of bonus episodes, lots of bonuses. We do a watch party once a month for our Hallelujah What's It To You tier. We watch a fun movie. We chat. Sometimes we throw in documentaries. We're just having a blast, but it's because of all of you that we are able to do such fun things with you, our community, that we hold so very dear.
1: And if nobody else has told you this today, we love you, and we're proud of you. I love
3: you, dumb bitches! Love you, DBs, and I
1: love you, Yellen Marsh. I
3: love you, Joey. Bye!
1: Bye. Bye. This loser. I just said that. What part did you so say? So now, who doesn't listen? You are not better than me. <laughs> you have never been better than me. What was I just doing? Talking to my mother about my dead dad.
0: <laughs> Redemptive pe You know, re- people being. Uh, sorry. Um, oh my rem- lord! Ball. It's yeah. Do you smell burnt toast? <laughs> the night of the murder of Will, uh, and the night
4: of the a uh, night. Bleh,